you are listening to the Echo Church Podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life. If I had been told, like, okay, you're going to talk to a nurse, a realtor, and a graphic designer, and I had to guess, like, what numbers it would be, I'd probably be like, oh, maybe a two, three, and four. There is no better time than now for you to discover your purpose, learn about yourself more, and dig into God's truth as we tackle the Enneagram as a church. Welcome to our new series. I am Jen and I'm a two. My name is Carl Rogers. I associate with a three. I'm Caitlin Hovland, and I am a four-wing three. I had taken the test, and I came out as a five, and I really resonated a a lot with that, because I'm I'm pretty, I can be pretty introverted, and I'm kind of like an investigator, like, I like, like to research stuff like a five does, but in doing more of that researching in an Enneagram, I realized that, oh no, I'm actually more of a nine, you know, and then that, like, I really resonated with. But anyway, so what was, I guess, the process like for you guys of, and you kind of touched on it some, but like of actually figuring out your number? I mean, Caitlin, you mentioned you used to be a three and now you're a four. So like, what was that like? Yeah, it's super interesting. Every test that I took said that I was a three in some capacity. And so I always just associated myself with that. I mean, I really resonated with kind of the achieving, the goal oriented, being really driven. And I think I also just felt like that was a more attractive personality to be, you know, you're, you're kind of a, you're a very successful person if you're a three. And so, and then when I read a little bit about the four, I think my initial reaction was, well, those are the parts of me that I don't like. So I don't want to associate with a four but it wasn't until very recently, probably a couple weeks ago, that my best friend pointed out to me, like, Kaylin, I think you're a four, not actually a three. So that recently flipped for me. And I've heard a few people say that when they find out what their their true number is, they almost get a little bit sad because it's like exposing the parts of them that they don't like. And so I think that just depends on like, you know, if you're operating out of your health or if you're operating out of your weaknesses. So yeah, a couple weeks ago, I think I discovered that I'm a little bit more of a four than I thought I was. So I'm kind of going through, you know, another journey of like, okay, I think I'm being honest with myself now. I think I I do resonate with this a lot more. When I took the test, I was a two right away. And then one also snuck in, you know, it was like I scored high, high in that area as well. And I definitely resonate with both. But I think for me, it was kind of going back to like the deep, the rooted reasons why you do the things you do. And that's where I really resonated more with a two, although I wing probably quite heavily to a one by nature, just with how I am. But that's where I really found that I was more a two than probably a one was just looking at the root of why I do the things that I do. You want to like describe, like, what does that mean for you to be a two? Like how, what does that look like in your life that you are a two for people who are brand new to Enneagram and you say two and they don't know what that means. Like, what does that, 
What's kind of like a, a quick definition and how does that look? So uh, two is, you'll hear it titled the giver or the helper. And I think that's an easy place for a lot of women, number one, and a lot of nurses, my profession, to fall into. By nature, like you want to give, you want to help, like you have this innate feeling inside of you that that's what you want to do. So for me, it looks like, you know, being a nurse and a mother. And I think I would classify myself as like trying to give, if I can help you, I will help you in any capacity I can. If I have a means to help you, I, that's what I want to do. Yeah. So the four is the artist, the romantic, the individualist. So I think for me, I love to be seen as unique as a unique individual. I'm very creative, very expressive. I don't think that necessarily means that every four is going to be, you know, an artist or a designer like I happen to be, but I think there's definitely a piece of you that loves to express, that loves to be creative. You definitely tend to be in your thoughts a little bit more. So that can be kind of the more downside of a four is they're really sensitive. They're really in tune. They're really emotional, but that can sometimes get the best of you in your thought life. So you have to learn to keep those in check. I guess I'm still learning about the four, but for the most part, I think it's, I feel like I tend to be more emotional and driven by my emotions and I make more emotional decisions. Growing up, my dad, he said, you do things very hard. <laughs> so they said they could even, they could tell when Carl was coming downstairs because I would run down the stairs. But also in studying, you know, how a three reacts like in love and, and under stress, under stress, it, I, you know, I kind of withdraw a little bit, don't really share a whole lot of what's really going on inside until maybe I'm back and recharged and stuff like that. But in looking at, yeah, being efficient, accomplished, motivated, driven, image conscious, and then one of the biggest things that can really hit home and hurt for me is when I'm perceived as incompetent in something. And that was really interesting. We recently moved this past fall to a place on a little bit more land. And I've always been kind of a, a city boy growing up and I've never really had a, a John Deere riding lawnmower. And there was all sorts of things I needed to learn. And I was pretty stressed, although it's, it's beautiful and we loved it. That, that learning curve, feeling incompetent in this new place was, was stressful. So having been fresh on this material, Kristen, my wife helped remind me it's okay. And then also like, you know, reinforcement and encouragement I've realized are much more of a bigger deal to me. And I think that's quite three-like as well. So. I love the Enneagram. I've been kind of been that person who's always been really into personality tests just because I love to learn more about me and the gifts that God's given me. So I feel like when I learned about the Enneagram, it was through my, my community, my Christian friends. And the more I started to learn about it, the more I started to understand my friends, my roommates, the people that I love. And I started to understand myself a lot more. So I feel like I've always kind of loved diving into it. So I'm enough to be dangerous with it. <laughs> I've read a couple books. I follow a couple like social media things on Enneagram. I heard it from Andy and Christy, actually, like it was kind of a thing for a while when you visited their home, like in Tom, you can probably test that it. it was like, oh, you have to sit down and do this test and you're not leaving until you do this test. So that's where we were introduced to it at. And now I've loved how I agree with Caitlin, like it's helped 
kind of my own self-awareness of how my own feelings and the way I am, the way I am and the way I do the things I do, along with a lot of our my relationships with friends, family, children, even my spouse, things like that. We actually joined a, a table community with uh, Pat and Sarah Murphy, and we went through this book, Becoming Us. So that's when it was super insightful. So I would say, yeah, I'm probably middle of the road. Like if I hear a number, I probably couldn't give you like the title of that type, you know, quite yet. But I, I'm familiar with the, the different types and it's been really eye opening in the past year and a half digging into that. Knowing your number and maybe the numbers of people around you, how has that impacted those relationships? I think, you know, it helps people understand why I am the way that I am. So if I'm acting certain ways or doing certain things that are going towards my unhealthy, you know, number, my friends around me can detect that and see that I'm going towards a negative space. And either I can detect that or they can detect that. And then we can process together. And I, I think it also, yeah, just gives you so much empathy for why that person is doing the things that they are. So for me, I, for some reason, notice that I'm friends with a lot of twos and nines. I think I just gravitate towards those personality types because I think they're very calming to me and they're very peaceful people. So yeah, I think it, it helps me to understand you know, their core motivations, like they're doing something because, you know, even if I disagree with what they're doing, it's not because they're trying to, you know, be mean to me or rude to me. It's just because like their motivation for doing that is completely different. So I think it just gives you a ton of empathy. I think for me, the self-awareness that knowing what your number is has really helped. I'll give you a prime example. This summer, I decided to paint all of our children's bedrooms the one in me, the perfectionist in me was like, I can, I'm the only one that can do it right. Like nobody can help me. I don't want your help. But then I got super frustrated because I felt like it wasn't appreciated that I'm here. I am working and slaving away and doing all these things. And like, nobody appreciates all the work I'm doing. And I got super stressed and I was angry. And I've shared this with my small group, but I, when I get stressed, I, I'm a door slammer. And there was doors slammed and like, then I like go back to my own little space. I'm like, that's because like part of being a two is when you're not appreciated, that comes out in a stressful way when you don't feel like all of all the things you're giving aren't being reciprocated or aren't appreciated. And so just having that self-awareness, I think has really helped in, in my relationships. Like I, it was me, it was my doing, like I'm mad because of something that's innate inside of me, not something that my husband did or my family did. So for me, it's helped an incredible amount in my relationships as, you know, with, with work, you know, helping people through something that could be very stressful in, you know, again, just realizing different people react to different situations in different ways and that's all okay. And it's great. I think there's a certain level of what I've really appreciated about it. And I think Caitlin, you mentioned this before, sometimes you almost don't want to learn more about yourself because it could be, you know, some of the negative things that you don't want to talk about, you know? So I feel with that, there's a certain level of like both humility and like maturity in like digging into it. And again, appreciating that there's 
many different types of people. And what's also cool that they reinforce in this Becoming Us book is, you know, each type is like a color that can have many shades, right? So there could be many different ways that a three or a two or a four expresses themselves. And what I appreciate, again, about this book is that it it's gospel-centered in that, you know, they lay out three different kind of layers of being aligned, misaligned, or out of alignment with the gospel and how your type can behave in those situations. So, and again, with, with Kristen and I digging in together with her realizing she's a five and, you know, sometimes when she's, the author calls it activated or buttons being pushed or getting stressed out, what really helps her is being alone, having her own space, especially being a homeschool family. She's with our three lovely girls all day, every day, basically. So sometimes in realizing that about Kristen, I come home and I just want to give her a big hug when I realize that's probably not the best thing to do right now. What you should do is take the three kids, get them out of the house and leave her alone. (laughs) And then I'll come home and I'll get my hug. (laughs) We learn all this information about our personalities and our relationship, mine and they's marriage and you know, we sometimes fall back into, you know, old fights or old arguments or old problems that we've learned about, we've talked through during these small groups. We understand why our personalities sort of gravitate towards these things that cause conflict. And then, you know, we've even brought it back to the group. It's like, okay, what's the point of meeting once a week and spending hours learning about the Enneagram if we're not gonna actually apply it. Like we're acquiring all this knowledge, but if you don't actually do the action step beyond it, it's more or less just an academic exercise. So that was what I really liked about your guys' intro using that scripture from James is, this isn't just a learning exercise, but the next step of taking what you learn and actually doing something to change your life. Otherwise it's just a fun thought exercise. Being in that heart triad, how do you relate your number to being in that triad? Yeah, I can really resonate with being resorting to shame. So that would be my response is shame. So with my wing three, I think I can speak to that a little bit more of, you know, just the core fear of a four is that you're not enough or that you kind of always have this sense of longing of like, what's my purpose and and how am I bringing my unique mark to the world? So when I'm not expressing that, I can have a tendency to wallow in it and go into shame and feel like I'm not enough. You're not doing enough. You are what you do. So you need to be doing more and you're only loved because of what you are producing. And you're only loved because of your talents and your giftings and your flashy successes. So when you don't have, when when a three or a four doesn't have a moment where they're able to like have that, then they can feel really low about who they are and question their identity and feel ashamed of who they are. And I think it's so important, I mean, to know these things about yourself, because for me to not know my identity in Christ means that I, that I question the way that God created me when really he gave me all these really beautiful attributes 
and personalities of him were made in God's image. So when you don't understand why your number or your personality is uniquely created in Christ, you can begin to question that what you are is insignificant. And I think that's the core fear of the three is that you're insignificant. So I think it's really important to detect that, to know what to do about it and to know how to climb out of it. Because if you sit there, then really the devil is just winning in your personality when there's really beautiful things that God wants to express and show through your personality. But sitting in that response of shame is really what caps me as a four wing three. You know, it says when you're doing well, you're clear, straightforward, confident, encouraging as a three and efficient, focus on finding solutions and motivating others. When I'm not doing well, I think as you alluded to before, you know, could be kind of don't really want to talk about it, not fully willing to disclose what's really going on inside you and want to cover it up with another success or something like that. So I think I've known that I'm a pretty like emotional guy, but I think I've also realized I'm a bit more emotional than I gave myself credit for before. And again, it's, it's just wanting to feel, I think, competent and liked. So it's, it's, it's been great. It's been really insightful to, to, yeah, resonate with that kind of heart triad. The heart triad is like the, the two focuses on like interpersonal relationships and caring for others and like having this, they call it like an, like this sense of like, you can know what others like needs are and you're like willing to meet those needs and care for them and what, you know, you know, whatever way they choose to. And I think for me that resonates like on my calling on my life as a nurse, as a mother, like I want to, like, I want people to feel cared for and I want them to feel loved. And I, but knowing that I also need that for myself in return. And sometimes I think the twos can, like, if you're unhealthy, it can come off as like, you want like prideful. Like I, I'm caring for you to get something, get ahead, or it's like a manipulative way or manner about it. But the heart of it is like, I just want people to feel cared for and loved. And I hate that. Like if a friend or someone I care about is hurting and I can't do anything to fix it. It like kills me inside. Like it just, I want so bad to like help them and fix things. And sometimes there's things you can't fix and help. And that I struggle with that. Two, three, and four are very different. I feel like you guys operate in a very different way than I, you know, like at my core. So it's, there's this kind of some of that question of like, what does that look like for you guys? Cause it's so different than how, it does for me, you know, something that Jen said actually kind of made me think about this. Cause yeah, with the heart, I, I think for, you know, a, a three, four, two, I think you just want you, you really, really long, um, for depth and you're kind of, you almost have like a detector of if people are genuine or not. And you really want to make sure that, that people are like, you're being raw, you're being authentic, you're being real, you're being honest. So for you, Jen, you're caring for people. And I think, you know, for, for me as a creative, the romantic, I, I, I want to communicate people's emotions, help people know that they're seen. I don't know if that makes sense, but that, that's what I think of when, when you said like the heart, you just really want to care for people and for who they are and make sure that they're seen. 
I think maybe one example for me in my work is, um, you know, I've realized how much it means to me for others just to say thank you. And maybe that's, that's deep in, in the heart triad, but yeah, like gratification for, you know, working my tail off. And then on the other side, if I sense people are very ungrateful, it really hurts. So how have you guys seen your number manifest during this social distancing, you know, COVID period? Like for me, you know, so I'm a nine, but so I'm already like a homebody. I kind of like the, you know, Netflix and chill stuff, but I've (laughs) noticed more that like my, like a nine in stress, it goes to a six, which is, you know, more you know, the fearful anxiety worrying type and which I have felt more of that for sure like it's just that I've been kind of operating more of that six area rather than nine so I've been at home where which I like but I'm feeling kind of more anxious and you know worrisome than I normally would be for me it has manifested in number one more stress because I can't fix this I can't I can't change it I can't but I can help people through it. And so for me, it's manifested in like checking in with my friends more frequently, whether it's a text or a phone call, sending out like handwritten personalized notes to them just to know like, I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. But it's been hard because part of a two and the heart triad is like that, that personal, that interpersonal relationship is so important. And so like doing Zoom calls or you know, that's been really hard to not have that in that touch, that personal touch where I can't like see my friends. I can't, if I do, I can't hug them. Like you can't, you know, it's been a hard thing to adjust to, but I'm trying to like find little ways that I can do something. So I'm helping and I'm caring for my, my loved ones and my close friends. Yeah. That's (laughs) I love that you have written, done handwritten notes. I have. (laughs) That's such like a two- Snail mail. It's a good thing. I also love like that ding dong ditch is like perfectly acceptable right now. Like you can run up and like drop something and ring the doorbell and like book it. I love it. I think it's great. (laughs) I think I've experienced both the positive and the negative. And I think we can all say that. But for me, for being creative, I feel like right now it's pivoted to how can I be innovative? So we're, we're, faced with all these new challenges, all these new ways of communication, all these new ways of creating. And that requires us to think totally differently. And for me, that's really, really exciting. Cause I, I think I always kind of live on the edge of doing the unique thing or, or being doing something that's different that goes against the grain. And I think right now we're all going against the grain because it's things that we've never experienced before. So I think it's a fun challenge with a lot of my work and my clients to think about how we can be communicating differently when we can't meet with people in person. So it's, it's brought up some really fun brainstorms on the negative side of it. I think so for my, again, speak my wing three, you go to a nine when you're unhealthy, which is you, Tom, you love to hang out and chill for a three. That is death because if you're not create, like if you're not making something, if you're not, doing something that's really exciting and innovative. Like if I can't go and do that, then who am I? 
And so during this time, we're all forced to Netflix and hang out and there's not a whole lot else to do, you know, like thankfully it's warm outside and we can get out. But I think for me, I have to keep myself moving. I cannot just sit because then I will wallow into a like dark, dark path. So I can only do that for so long. I think it's stretched me to be, Hey, it's okay. Like you don't have to be achieving all the time. You don't have to be making and creative things. Like I create things 40 hours a week. Like, do I really need to in the evening be making more things? Like it's okay to just chill out. And I think that's a huge lesson for a three and a four is to know when to stop because you are enough. And so it's, it's been a good challenge to know that, Hey, when I do sit down and watch TV and just chill out for a second, that that's been a really good lesson for me to learn that that's okay. And that's really good. And knowing that just because I'm there does not mean I'm in my unhealthy nine where I shut down, turn everything off and stop trying. So yeah, I think for me, it's been, you know, how do I continue to stay motivated and stay upbeat about this, even though we're all forced to slow down. I can resonate with some of those thoughts as well, like being a, a three and I was wanting something to kind of do and, and, and check off. It's been helpful to learn that about myself and to enjoy our rocking chairs a little bit more in our home. <laughs> um, I've realized how much, you know, of a people person I am and, you know, the competitive nature that, uh, that I have is, is difficult now with not being able to do any of that essentially. So. I mean, it, it was funny, although I did not create the event last week, I jumped on pretty quick when uh, a guy invited myself and like six or seven other guys to run around. I think it was like a 2.2 mile trek around Willow Creek Reservoir. And so that got a whole bunch of communication going and ended up turning into some people adding 20 to 50 pounds of weight on their back and running this this course and sharing their time just to be like, yeah, we did it, you know? And <laughs> okay, I'll go home now. <laughs> we, everyone did it separately at different times. And, but yeah, so that's kind of what I've, I've been really interested in more discussions along the lines or the topics of the psychological effects of a shutdown, you know? How do you feel like it maybe has impacted or contributed to, you know, your, your relationship with God? And, and God didn't create us in nine different categories, but I think I've heard, of, you know, that each number kind of shows a different attribute of God. And maybe, you know, seeing yourself as the way that God created you, you know, how, how do you feel like, like, has it impacted your, the way you think about yourself and your relationship with God at all, or, or your faith in, in any way? I'm just interested to hear that. I think for me, it, goes back to, and I, Caitlin has said it before, like knowing that you're enough, that no matter how much I love others, it number one will never compare to the amount of love I receive daily from God, despite all my, the sinful nature that we have, that I can't do enough or I don't have to do enough to earn his love. Like there's not enough love I can give. I don't have to earn it. It's there. It's mine. So I think that's really impacted my relationship with God just because like knowing that and being comfortable and sitting in that, like I'm enough. I there I don't have to do anything. I don't have to care for people so much to like earn his love. It's there. It's mine. It's free for the taking. So that's really been helpful for me. 
I think that it's, it's really funny when people say that, you know, the Enneagram puts you in a box. I feel like it does kind of the exact opposite. Like, I think it just teaches you so much. Like you said it, Tom, about the different attributes of Christ that you have in each number. You know, it's not, you know, I think I've heard people say that the Enneagram is not a personality test, but it is a test to help you understand, like, you know, your core motivations and your core fears and why you operate, why you are the way that you are. And so two of the same number can have completely different personalities. You know, Christy's a a, a three and so is Carl and they have completely different personalities. But yeah, even just when I was making the branding for this, I put a ton of gradients into it because there's so many different, it's like a gradient is so complex. Like a person's personality is so complex. And I think God is so intentional with how he created us. So I think there's certain things in each person's personality when I encounter other people, it's important to remember that they're made in the image of God and that personality trait that may be driving me nuts right now, there's actually a really beautiful God-given gift in it that if I choose to lean into them as a person, I'm actually going to be learning more about God and about Christ. And and um, I think that's the same with ourselves. You know, if there's, there's certain things about our own personality that we don't like, it's like we're almost offending God who created us and put that thing in there. So... I think it's really, really cool. And, and that's why God says, you know, to love other people. And when you encounter other people, treat them as if you're treating me because you're actually encountering, you're encountering pieces of me. So I think, yeah, we're all learning so much about God in this process as we learn about each other, as we learn about the different personalities. I think, I think we're growing closer to God just in that alone. One question I have is, do you guys have a favorite resource, favorite book, favorite podcast mm-hmm. as far as, you know, like what's helped you with the Enneagram? So like, have you read a book that's been like, this is what I want everyone to read or an author, an Instagram account to follow? I just used it actually the other night at work, a girl that I work with, her and I were sitting together and I just like handed it off to her and she took the test like on my app. I'm like, here, take this test. I pulled a Christine Andy that... Like, here, sit down. You can't leave until you take this test. (laughs) And I really liked The Road Back to You, that book. And Becoming Us is really great for a couple, like going through it. Like Carl had alluded to it earlier that they've gone through it. We've gone through it. I am all about the Instagram accounts. I think this is a one that a lot of people follow, but Enneagram and Coffee, because it just gives you bite-sized, like, tell me what I need to know. Let me learn about my number or the numbers that I think I am. Let me just read those like lines. I don't need to learn about every type, but it is helpful when I have, a, when I know that a friend or a roommate or a coworker is a certain number, then I can just learn little, you know, one-liner things about their personalities as well. So I, I love those different things of like, if you're, you know, what is your Enneagram doing during the quarantine or how would you, you know, walk into the grocery store? I don't know. I just, I love little like bite-sized things like that. So yeah, different Instagram accounts. We are diehard fans of Ian Cron, who wrote Road Back to You. He has a podcast called Typology, and he just has such a dynamic variety of people that come on that he just connects with and interviews and asks them questions about their numbers. And so that's what helped me a lot navigate when I was when I first started learning about the Enneagram two years ago. I was between a three and an eight for about five months. I couldn't decide which one I was. And I just was gathering podcasts with those numbers and shuffling through finding ones that resonated with me. And so that one 
That's an excellent podcast. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you have any questions regarding the Enneagram, please email us at hey at wearetheecho.church. We'd love to hear from you. Also, I just wanted to remind you that you do not have to be local to join us on Sundays. Our online services stream at 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. on Facebook and YouTube. Before and after each service, we jump on a Zoom call to say hello to one another and share what we loved about the message or what we felt like God was speaking to us during that time. We'd love to meet you and connect with you. This episode was produced and mixed by Just Hit Publish Productions. 